Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. David Light. Third fight of the year was a big one. Uh, fights Brandon Glanton in Florida last week over 10 rounds. Gets it on a split decision. David Light is now 20-0 and 0 and the mandatory challenger for Lawrence Oakley's WBO Cruiserweight title. And he joins us right now. Hey, buddy, how are you? Hey, good, Stephen. Thanks for having me. Mate, thank, I know Sunday's a good day for you and it's a, a day off, but I appreciate you giving us the time. So when you're standing in the middle and waiting for the judges' decisions after a brutal 10 rounds, what was going through your head? Oh, I was just preparing for the worst. You know, I knew I was in his, um, his backyard and... You know, I knew it was a close fight and that, you know, just preparing for it to just go horribly. So, but I knew I'd fought well as best as I could. So I was happy with what I'd done. Now, that was a slip. It wasn't a knockdown, despite it being called a knockdown, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. He completely missed. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, but knowing that you got to count on that one, right? Knowing that you, when you got to waiting for the, the judge's result, was that the one thing sitting in the back of your mind? Well, yeah, my coach, Isaac Peachy, told me, you know, I needed to finish the fight hard and I needed to finish it well. Um, so I was pretty much pretty sure I was going to lose that round. Um, but, you know, it was, um, a knockdown doesn't really mean too much. It's it's basically like a tiebreaker, like if yeah. we're tied on the rounds five all, then he wins. But, you know, I knew that I wasn't going to be satisfied with a five round all anyway, so... I just didn't let it get to me. David, I read in the post-fight interviews that you were going with a, a bully tactic. How? Why? Well, I knew that he's a bully, and um, bullies don't, aren't used to getting bullied themselves, so it's um, something that often kind of shocks them when someone stays with them and, and pushes back on them. And, um, yeah, I think it worked. Uh, so it was a great, good tactic. <laughs> I mean, how were you feeling about that? I, I saw some of this. I, I, I'll admit I only saw some of the highlights of the of the fight, but there was a, a, you were both throwing some incredibly big uppercuts and all were connecting. You were receiving, he was receiving. <laughs> yeah, I think it was the most uppercuts that I've ever seen landed in a fight. Um, <laughs> not a lot of jabs, not a lot of... Um, you know, the conventional boxing just, yeah, but that's what it had to be because he wanted it to be in a phone booth. He was pushing his head right into me and, and I couldn't let him push me back. So I stood there and because he had his head down, he just opened himself up to that shot. When you look at fights that you have had, you're 20-0 now. Was it arguably the toughest fight so far? Yeah, I think it probably was. Um, I fought the number one Mexican. He was the number one American. The number one Mexican was pretty tough too. He um, he surprised me and caught me early and I had to recover. But yeah, it was just a battle of attrition. I think that my last fight was the hardest one I've had. So how do you get to this point? I mean, I, we know Isaac and Peach Boxing now have probably uh, one of the best stables, if not the best boxing stable in the country. What is it about the way Isaac and the crew train you that, that is making the difference for you? Ah, oh, man, you know, I think it's all a little bit of magic, so if I knew exactly what it was... <laughs> don't, uh, don't tell him. Don't but, tell him he's a magician, mate. We'll never hear the end of it. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I think he just... 
he puts in the effort, man. Like he's, um, you know, if he needs to take time off work or, you know, and he has a plumbing business or whatever he needs to do for us to get us the W, he's going to do it. So I had guys coming up and we were going and just doing, I, man, I must have done like 300 rounds of sparring, you know, in the in the weeks coming up to this fight. So I was definitely the most prepared that I could have been sparring-wise. Um, who, I think who, that's just what the key, what it, what it is. He just does the prep that we need to do. Who were you sparring? Uh, sparring Toa Lutelli. He's a good heavyweight. Oh, out of um, he fought just fought um, Justice Huni over there and did, went really well. I think he um, he probably, if the judges had been fair, if the ref had been fair, would have scored his um, his only knockdown that um, Justice Huni's ever suffered in mm-hmm. his career. And um, I've also been sparring. Uh, AJ, a guy, AJ, some of the top uh, Samoan and, and like New Zealand heavyweights in the country in the amateur level. Um, I think there wasn't anyone that I sparred that was under like 110 kilos. So, yeah, it, was, it was pretty tough. <laughs> and, and when you go, and when you go into that camp, knowing you're going to have bombs thrown at you and big, heavy-handed yeah. bombs, is this just part of the routine for you, or do you, or is there a sense sometimes going, oh, here we go again? Do I really have to do this? Oh, yeah, man, like driving and going to sparring every day was just like man you know you get those those um pre-fight nerves that you usually get because like you're you're pretty sure anything can happen and you can get hit with that one shot that puts you down but that's what i needed i got used to getting that feeling and so by the time i came to a fight i was just i was cool as a cucumber <laughs> yeah no i think there's is it many pacquiao that once said you know if you and this is a cliche but i think it's it's in my boxing gym it's, it's like you know train train like you're going to fight then the fight becomes easy yeah, yeah, exactly. And that's what we were doing. We were telling these guys to, you know, they were doing one round in, one round out for 10 rounds. And we said, don't take it easy on me. You know, get in there and take my head off. So they were pushing me around, uh, pushing me into the ropes, uh, really trying to bash me. And, uh, yeah, so it was, it was a fight. You know, I was fighting, like, twice a week or almost every day when Kiki was up um, for weeks leading up to the fight. So, you know, I was just... When times got tough, I remembered those times in the in the gym sparring those boys, and and that really got me through it. At what point during the camp does it become okay? I get this. When, when does the pain pain of being bashed up stop? <laughs> or does it? Or it does it stop. continue? Yeah, it continues. People sort of think that you like getting hit after a while. Like no one likes getting hit. <laughs> <laughs> you never, you never grow to learn to like getting hit, but um, you know, you you know that it's gonna count um, towards the fight, so you're happy with it. <laughs> does does Isaac play a play a role of of knowing when to to call them back a little bit to to stop punishing you, or is he says, or is he the type of guy? And I suspect he might be. Just just go all in. Yeah, he. Um, He's not one to try and let you off. He's one to tell you to dig deeper and and go those places that where you don't want to go um, to find that to rediscover you know what you're really truly capable of. That's that's his. So, so he he doesn't he doesn't let you off. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> no, no, I can imagine that. I, I find the rela- I, I'm intrigued about the relationship between you and Isaac, right? You're a nice, you know, you're yeah. an, you're a, you're an understated white boy, right? I don't I don't see <laughs> I don't I don't see any tats on you. And then you've got uh, Isaac, uh, plumber. He's got a, co- a language more colourful than most brothels, uh, and, and which I've talked to him a lot about, and he understands where I'm coming from. 
but I'd love to know what, how, how the relationship works. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. Like, you know, for how different we are and stuff, we see the world a lot the same way. We have real deep chats about, you know, what it is to be a good fighter and all that, and we agree on all that. So I think it's the things that count that, um, you know, we obviously don't uh, have the same taste in the way we wear our skin, but uh, everything, everything else, I think the things that are important, we definitely agree. <laughs> How do you handle the colourful language? <laughs> it's, oh, man, um, it's made me pretty bad. I'm, I can't really hang out around my nephews and nieces anymore. I don't think my brothers and sisters are there. <laughs> well, oh, oh, my gosh, so you've become a little bit of a... Have you become a little bit of a potty mouth, have you? Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> it's hard not to. It's, it's the, that's the lingo of the gym. Yeah, no, no. I, fair, 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 <laughs> fair play to you as well. But I, but I wonder too whether the both of you have 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 this. I know this is a deep dive, but I I understand where you're coming from, an almost spiritual connection, almost religious connection to what you're both trying to achieve and the sport that you both love. Yeah, I mean, you know, we're both. Um, you know, neither of us are in it for money or anything. We're we're in it for the love of the sport. Um, I really love just growing in the sport, especially getting my age and stuff. And and he just wants to make champions. And he's lost money putting me on. He's lost tens of thousands of dollars putting me on and and trying to get me to where I am at the moment. He hasn't made any money off me. Um. So and you know, knowing that he has that belief in me is like being such an important part and growing my own self-belief it's like man this guy is really really believes in me so i gotta i gotta believe in myself to kind of almost pay him back because i can't really do it so 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 where did you first come into contact with uh, isaac uh, we when i moved and i started training with uh, john mckay uh in 2009 that's when i first met isaac he would he just recently joined there too and um that yeah that's how we met what was your first impression Ah, oh, that he was, just, you know, he's just a dude you're kind of afraid of. He's just this real rough looking hmm. kid with all these tats, and yeah, he didn't suffer fools or anything like that. And yeah, I used to have to spar him back too, and I was real green back then. He used to bash me up, and yeah. Well, he was he was a handy he was, he, he was a handy fighter in his own right. So, do, does a lot of the respect for him come from the fact that he's been in the square office? Oh, definitely, man. Like he was. Um, he was a really tough fighter. I mean, he was, um, and he just figured out a way to beat, to beat good guys. He was, um, and he would tough it out and just the mental endurance he had. I think he was probably one of the most mentally like fit guys in the country for boxing. And, uh, because he didn't have a lot of power. Mm. <laughs> He'll admit that. <laughs> what do you told him now? You told everybody now. <laughs> he was pretty pillow fisted, but he uh, he got some good wins, and a lot of that was just um, just the mentality he brought to the sport, and that's what he's been. That's been his biggest thing that he's been sharing with us. Um, us other boxers in the gym. Now I have to apologize. So, yeah, I have to apologize. What's his brother's name? Who's also in your corner? Boaz. Pardon. Boaz, B O A Z. <laughs> oh, Boaz, Boaz. Okay, so yeah, so yeah. so, where, where does he fit into the scheme of things as far as the team goes, and with you? Oh, he's um he's like a trainer. He he gives us heaps of um pads, but he's he's got his own little insights. You know, it's um uh, it's a it's a 
it's a thing that like what people think that boxing is an individualist you know an individual mm. sport but it's not you need a team just like a race car driver you know he needs people who understand the car and are going to work on it and do all the things around the scenes that um and he gets in and he drives it but there's some there's a huge team behind it and Bose is a big part of that. It's mm. kind of hard to explain all the things that he does, but he does heaps of little things for us and getting us ready, um, keeping us prepared and just even little little hints that he gives us in the corner. I reckon if I didn't have him there giving me like just little gems, um, I wouldn't have got through that fight. Wow. Wow. Well that's a well okay. Yeah, seriously. That's a that's a, that's that's a really big call. I mean he's he's as colourful on his skin as he is colourful with his mouth as, as Isaac is. <laughs> no, nah, they're like oh. they're pretty similar, but they're completely different personalities. <laughs> <laughs> and, and of course, and of course, you've got you've got uh, Andre and uh, Mikhailovich, Jerome Pamplo, and Miyamoto in the gym. Yeah. D- how being in that gym? How important is that going forward? Having all of them, yeah. Or- Having all of them oh, around man. you, you know, for, uh, people that are succeeding in what they're doing. That sort of success thing. Yeah, it's you're exactly right. It's huge, and I think what's so awesome about our gym is that no one sees himself as bigger than the gym. You know, it's kind of like that. It's a bit, maybe a bit of a Kiwi thing, but it really works. I think um, just everyone's like super humble and got their own talents and got their own, you know, exceptional abilities in their own right. And but no one sees himself as bigger than anyone else in our gym. Everyone's doing it for the gym. Everyone's building each other up and pushing each other we're all push each other on the bags push each other in our training and yeah they're exactly right like you hold yourself to a higher standard when you see so much talent and success around you and um, yeah I reckon having everyone in the gym like Andre and Jerome and Mia was, Mia is amazing uh, it, it's it plays such a big part into your own success and your own motivation and self-belief so you've got you're now the mandatory challenger for Lawrence Ockley's WBO cruiserweight title. He's eighteen and zero. You're twenty and zero. When do you want to fight him? Is it going to be up to you? Uh, is it going to be a first bid, or is it just are you going to just have to wait for the WBO to make a decision? Uh, it's a first bid, um, but I think it's probably going to be in England. Um, we're aiming for March that kind of thing so we get a good um we're able to put together a good stable um because he's six foot six um he's pretty much Jeepers the opposite creepers. kind of fight to the guy i just fought <laughs> so i'm gonna need to find some uh some you know sparring partners because there aren't many six foot six cruiserweights around uh <laughs> so it sounds to me like you're going to be beaten up by a lot of big heavyweights <laughs> yeah but i need the i need the tall guys you know yeah the tall rangy kind of fighters uh we're going to have to um, get a lot of, you know, it's going to be a lot of prep. We're going to have to put uh, put together a good camp. Um, and if I can mention as well, I'm probably going to need a lot of sponsorship, you know, trying to get these kind of guys in there to get me in the best shape that I can be in for this fight. Wow. And, you know, we've we've seen Joseph Parker struggle against tall men. I mean, he's, he's 6'1", 6'2". Mm-hmm. Was he, is he 6'3", or 6'4", JP? What would he be? Uh, he's 6'4", I think. 6'4", but, you know, there are guys bigger than you're going to face bigger guys in the reaches who's getting inside the getting inside that reach, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, luckily, you know, when they're 6'6", in a cruiserweight, they have to be a bit gangly, so um, they're not just, you know, 6 foot 630 kilo monsters that are, you know, leaning down on you. <laughs> so, 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 so when you when you, look, when you you start talking tactics and you talk about gangly, tall uh, cruiserweights, mm. 
is part of the idea of thinking if you get inside, you just pummel the hell out of the body rather than look for the big knockout. They actually wear them down. I mean, you got to go with whatever's um, kind of open to you. But yeah, I think in this fight, that will be the key. It's, um, you know, once you're inside, you got to work your butt off. Um, and then apart from that, you got to make sure that you're not at the end of his long levers, which is uh, the kind of leverage that he's able to put into the punch. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, a fight's a fight. There's, it's a bit chaotic, and you got to find the um, the opportunities when they when they present themselves. Well, there's a big opportunity presenting <laughs> itself right now for you, David. And we're we're uber <laughs> proud of where you're at at the moment. How's the body and uh, and how's you. the mind feeling right now? No, I'm feeling really good, and you know, coming off that fight, I'm feeling really confident. Um, I'm feeling like you know we can get this. We can definitely get this world title. Um, you know, he's he's beatable. He's very beatable, and. Um, I think if the country gets behind it and shows their support and, you know, we work our, we work the way that we think that we need to, then we can come home with the W now, is and the, the belt. Yeah, well, that's, that's what we all would love to see you do. Was the great white, your moniker, uh, named because of shark or because you're just white and you're great? <laughs> I guess there's a little bit of a double entendre there, but... Uh... <laughs> Yeah, we'll stick with the shark to stay out of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Hey, David, thanks so much for giving us your time this Sunday afternoon. Have an enjoyable festive season, and we will talk to you again and really look forward to it. Thank you so much, Stephen. Appreciate awesome to be with you. Cheers, mate. Thanks, buddy. Thanks. It's a 20 past one. David Light, mandatory challenger for Lawrence Ockley's WBO Cruiserweight title, Ockley at 18-0.